Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of the Roman Show for the week of July 29th. We welcome Nick of Joyous Wolf on the Roman Show to talk about their debut EP, Place in Time. This and a whole lot more coming up next. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in space. Booster, go. Retro, go. Lido, go. Fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go. Lido, GNC, we're going. Down here, go. Control, go. Go. We are go. Network, go. Discovery, go. Capcom. The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. Welcome, everyone. Another episode, Rodolfo Roman, your host, alongside the, the dashing one, George Alonzo. Welcome back, man. You've been very busy. I've been very busy, but you know what? It's been a nice vacation. I actually took some time and went to a local circus while we were off the air and in dedication to that circus and their great hospitality i came up with a amazing margarita tonight it is a cotton candy margarita i think this is probably the second time that you speak about this so maybe some time in the last you had a cotton candy flavored margarita no, actually, this is the first time I've ever had a cotton candy. You might have mistaken it for many of my other flavors, uh, but mind you, next week, the international tour of margaritas continues. Because there were martinis back then. Of course. Well, let, let me tell you something. You have to be more open for ideas. You have Margaritas, tequilas, uh, you know, what you were saying. You have to be open for many, many ideas. In this case, it's a cotton candy margarita. You want to have a sip? Uh, maybe after the show. Uh, you just can't handle this. Nah, just just, 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 just keep drinking. All right. Uh, George, you got to take the funk off your junk. You know what the best product is for that, man? What? Ball wash. Get yourself a nice ball wash there, and trust me, the funk will get off your junk. You know, you, you you go out and you you're in the gym and you get a little sweaty down there and you you have a, a little stench. Well, the charcoal in this soap of ball wash eliminates the odor. It's absolutely great. Check out ballwash.com or visit theromanshow.com. Click on the image of ball wash and use the promo code Roman and you will get a percentage off your discount. I trust me when I tell you. And then they got the nut rub. Nut rub is like a it's like a cologne for your balls. So you're telling me with this ball wash and nut rub, I will be go from dashing to something even better? Yes, that means that when they sniff you down there, you'll be smelling like roses. I'm buying mines right now. That's it. Get your ball wash right now. Use the promo code ROMAN. You get a discount off your purchase. And make sure you follow us on our socials at The Roman Show on Twitter, Roman Show Media, both on Facebook and on Instagram, and all Roman 201 on, on YouTube, which, by the way, great interviews by George. He spoke to Re- uh, Rebel, which will be released, released later this week, and also Buff Bagwell and Matt Stryker. And George, what an eye-opening interview you had with Matt Stryker as he unveiled that uh, he was sexually molested as a, as a, as a boy or, or as a teenager. He didn't really say the age, right? 
he didn't say the age, or at least I don't recall, but it was an eye-opener, and for many people that suffer from anxiety, depression, or has been raped or sexually molested, is a definite interview that you want to hear. For those that think that they're alone when it comes to fighting depression or fighting anything that's when it comes to mental illness, it comes to show you that fame is not any exception, and Matt Stryker is here to help. So if you guys have time, go take a look, uh, take a listen to that interview. Yeah, great interview, very uplifting, and uh, and hit him up on social media. And he even said that to follow him, and if you ever in need of any help, shoot him uh, a message on Twitter, and he'll reply right back. So check that interview out, and also the great Mr. Buff Bagwell, still looking buff. He's already about to hit 50 years old. Like Alice in great shape. Oh yeah, uh, great shape for his age and. And he continues to do some great things in this business. He actually had a great match that night. And uh, it's good to see him still moving uh, when it comes to, to, of course, the great career above Bagwell. That's right. All right. And uh, well, I want to invite everyone, August 23rd, Titan FC returns with more action at the Extreme Action Park in Fort Lauderdale. Tickets will be available very soon. Visit Titan FC on social media. And they got two title fights on the line. You don't want to miss it. And they're debuting kickboxing for the first time. You don't want to miss that right here in Fort Lauderdale. or catching live on UFC Fight Pass. And we have a whole bunch of upcoming events later down this year. We'll let you know more details. But, George, I'm going to jump the gun to November 16th. That is when Sweetwater Pro Wrestling returns in, uh, in the city of Sweetwater. Back at it again. You've released some names already. Georgia, it's going to be a great night that, that, that evening, uh, about a week and a half before Thanksgiving. You can't go wrong. Great weather. It's going to be in the city of Sweetwater. It's going to be good. Yep, seven main event matches. Uh, you know, it's not going to be like the 10 or 11 matches that Sweetwater Pro used to host. This time, it's going to be seven main event caliber matches. All of them are defined as main events, not just the last match on the card. All of them. And it's headlined by a three-way ladder match that you will never see in any other promotion, at least anytime soon, when you have Vertigo versus Ernest R. Alexander versus Romeo Cavedo, all of them to climb a ladder to earn the number one contendership to fight Jesse Neal at the second show of Sweetwater Pro for the SPW Heavyweight Championship. That is going to be one hell of a main event. Ladder matches never disappoint. You want to make sure you're there November 16th in the city of Sweetwater. If more information, uh, head on over to George Alonzo. Follow him on uh, on uh, Facebook or on Instagram. Or as a matter of fact, the tickets are already on sale. Uh, you could actually go purchase them at www.eventbrite. That's E-V-E-N-T, bright, B-R-I-T-E. Dot com. All you have to do is make sure you search for SPW The Return. And tickets are going for $10. Kids under 12 enter free. The $10 of tickets basically go to great cause for, of course, the Sweetwater Parks and Recreation Sports Department. So 100% of the proceeds are benefiting the parks and recreation. All right, there you go. More information, visit the uh, website uh, well, which we'll provide also on the website as well. You can visit that. It'll take you straight to the ticket link. Uh, so head on over to theromanshow.com. We'll make it easy for you. 
All right, let's talk some pro wrestling. Coming up next on Reality Check. And now it's time to give you a reality check. Well, thanks for tuning in again, guys, and staying with us. We're now on Launchpad, which is a part of Podcast One. Uh, you can check us out there. Very clear, very nice and sweet. So that's Launchpad. Make sure you subscribe and you always get notifications when our podcasts are uploaded. Okay, so let's talk some pro wrestling. Let's start off straight off the bat. AEW announced October 2nd that they're having their first TV show. Uh, and the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Um, so far, what we've had, we've had the, the All Out or, or sorry, Double or Nothing. We've had the uh, Fighter, Fighter, Fighter Fest, whatever they call it. Uh, and am I missing one more? I think I am. All In. All In. All In. Well, All In is coming uh, in August. Yeah, it was All In. All In was the one that was passed. The All Out is the one that's coming. Well, but All In doesn't really count because at the time it wasn't really AEW. It was uh, Cody and his boys. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, th- th- those were the best fighter fights, but I am missing one more. Fight for the Fallen. That's the other event that was under the banner of uh, AEW. So, with this first event of October 2nd, George, I- I'm going to go here on a limb and say that this will be a sold-out show. Tickets are starting at 20 bucks. There's no doubt. Everyone wants to be curious, but... The thing is, can they continue that sellout crowd the following week and the following and the following and the following? That is the main question on everyone's mind. Because, of course, with a billion-dollar company like the WWE, they have all the money it takes to, you know, to use up arenas uh, every week. Now, you don't know what they're going to do going into October 2nd either. You don't know if that's like a three-taping event or a four-taping or a one. So we have to wait and see what happens. We have to wait to October 2nd or at least closer because so far the only thing we know is October 2nd is the first TV recording. We don't know anything past that. So until then, everything else is a guess. But do they have the rest of the money? I'm sure they do, but it's going to be a huge, huge challenge for a brand new baby company like them to start in big arenas versus what Impact used to do in a small arena like the Impact Zone. So it's going to be a huge challenge. Which, in my opinion, okay, for the first show, all right, I understand. You could do a big show in a big arena like that. But they should do something like, a smaller venue that you could pack maybe 5,000, 6,000 to make it look packed inside. Look at look at WWE, for goodness sake. They are having difficulties filling up the arena for a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown TV taping. It's the same thing for AEW, only because they're having competition. I, I don't think that that whole sellout crowd is going to be a very long streak eventually the hype is going to go down. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. So why not maintain it in a 5,000, 6,000 venue, seat venue, and make the place look very nice and great on TV? Because they want already to show that AEW is something to mess with, or not to mess with, I'm sorry. AEW is, remember what Cody said, is not a, a, it's a revolution. 
in the world of sports, and, uh, uh, or should I say professional wrestling. So I think if you want to be heard, you're going to be heard with the biggest bang in the room, and I think that's what they're trying to do. Uh, for Christ's sake, they've already teased stadium shows, so it, it, they're trying to be heard. They're trying to be heard on the big audience. Is it a risk? Yes, but you don't know until you actually risk it. So we, that's why I'm saying come October 2nd, we will find out what the future is, whether October 2nd is going to be a four-taping show or a one-taping show. We don't know that we, because, again, we don't know what's after October 2nd. We only know what's happening on that day. Yeah, I, 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 I get you. I understand you. But stadium shows, I mean, I think we're just way out there. If these guys were to come out next year and say, hey, we're doing All Out, right, which seems to be like their big WrestleMania, if you want to say, or All In or whatever, uh, which took place in Chicago. But if they were to come back and say that they're going to have a stadium show at the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium next year, I really, really highly doubt that they can fit a stadium that fits almost 70,000 people. Well, yeah, it, it's going to be hard. But again, it's all about the risk. You don't know anything until you try it. So time will tell. Well, we're going to wait and see as far as what happens to AEW as uh, we hear. We're actually, we're actually recording this stuff and watching Monday Night Raw. And uh, we're, we're actually just seeing Alexa Bliss, who is crying uh, here on Monday Night Raw. It seems like she had a very, very severe injury. Uh, I, I don't know if this is... Uh, is this is part of the show, but it seems like it is, and if it is, then it's a very well done by Alexa Bliss. But uh, it seems pretty severe here. But if if it is indeed uh, an injury for Alexa Bliss, and we're about to see this replay, yes, it seems like it's pretty injured there. Um, the way that Becky Lynch uh, tried to throw her uh, with a suplex, it injured that right. Uh, it seems like ankle uh, for it is, and they, they stopped the match. But, again, we, we really can't see here uh, as we're notifying. And they went to the ring announcer, which kind of uh, – I'm not really completely sold on this, George. Uh, but needless to say, if indeed, if Alexa Bliss uh, were to really get injured, not good for her considering that she just was coming out with a concussion. She had a couple of concussions or whatnot that she was on the shelf. Yeah, and that was actually something that they were saying that her career was in jeopardy due to that concussion. Now you have this. Uh, you really have to start questioning what's going to happen to Alexa Bliss from here on out because she was very scared about losing her career with those concussions. Now you got this ankle injury to add to all of this. This, this is not good signs. Yeah, and again, we, we have, we, nothing has been really written in stone, but as we record this podcast and we're watching... Monday Night Raw, uh, and I was seeing Nikki Nikki Six, uh, Nikki Six. I confuse her with the Motley Crew uh, uh, guitars, but uh, Nikki Cross getting in the face of Becky Lynch. But I'm I'm not sold yet, George. I, I I think that we might be worked. Speaking about being worked, CM Punk will be a Starcast. This is the first time in a long time that CM Punk has been involved in a wrestling event ever since he decided to go into the mixed martial arts world and enter into the octagon, which he has gone 0-2. And rumors were speculating that this has might be a potential speculation that he might be signing with AEW. He's already gone on the record. He spoke to ESPN. He says, listen, 
You're not going to see me in uh, the WWE or in pro wrestling in general next year. This is pretty much all you're going to see of me. George, are you completely sold that we will not see CM Punk in a wrestling ring this year or next year for that matter? (sighs) This whole CM Punk thing is really driving me nuts. (laughs) But here's the thing. We've heard rumors of CM Punk joining AEW since AEW was even announced. And we have yet to see him even touch an AEW ring, if not an AEW venue. Cody went on record by saying he would not be surprised if CM Punk went back to the WWE. So really, we're kind of playing tennis here. You know, with Cody saying he's going to WWE and then CM Punk showing signs that he's going to AEW. And personally, as a fan, I'd rather have it that way. Reason why? Because it's a surprise. You never know if he's going to show up anywhere. Leave it that way. I don't want to hear no confirmation. I don't even want to hear from a dirt sheet saying that CM Punk signed with a certain company because then there goes the surprise. Let it stay as a surprise. And that is where my say will go when it comes to this. I don't want to know where he goes. I don't want to speculate where he goes. I want to be surprised. And in my opinion, George, I wouldn't want to see CM Punk in AEW. That's just my opinion. I would prefer to him, or for his sake, to go to the WWE. Not for the money, because I'm sure Tony Khan can pay him the same or or well. But I just think that he's, he's a good fit. I mean, at the end of the day, George, whether he likes it or not, the WWE made CM Punk. Let's just let's just let's just cut to the chase here. They made him. Yes, he was able to fight and and say, "Hey, give me the mic, and I'm going to build myself." But the WWE gave him the platform, and now he goes on to say, if he were to go to this AEW, he just wouldn't be a good fit. He would be more of an attraction. Let's face it, he belongs in the WWE. He he belongs in the WWE, but is it going to be his favorite place to go? Maybe not. It depends if they change for him. But uh, to be honest with you, CM Punk, yes, the WWE made him, but in a mainstream sort of way. But people really got a hold of CM Punk during his time in ROH. So, you can't really give WWE all the credit when CM Punk made a name for himself in ROH. But, either way, CM Punk is a star right now. It's kind of like saying, hey, Hogan only deserves to go to WWE because that's where he was made. But Hogan went to WCW. So, either way, CM Punk is a star no matter where he goes. So, it's going to be one hell of a roller coaster of what's going to happen with him. And I think we're definitely being worked here with uh, Alexa Bliss. As ironically, she is outside ringside while Nikki Cross is battling Becky Lynch. Great job, though, Alexa Bliss, I got to tell you. Yeah, listen, when you can make something believable, that's the best part. Like, even if it's not, even if it is a real injury, by all means, my wishes to Alexa Bliss. She's actually one of the best female performers in the WWE right now. No doubt about that. All right, George, 
One thing, though, about the WWE, and I think that, that you and I are upset, Jimmy Uso was arrested last week while the WWE was in uh, Florida, and he got caught for DUI, driving under the influence. I believe this is the second time. And then they have a match on Monday Night Raw TV time. WWE put out a statement and said, Jimmy Uso is responsible for his own actions. But then again, a wrestler does something stupid as simply grabbing Vince McMahon's arm and you get suspended. Jimmy Uso gets absolutely nothing. I think it's unfair. I think that the WWE should have a pretty high standard when it comes of one of its performers having such an incident like this. Uh, I mean, your DUI, for God's sake, this guy was driving 80-something miles on a 40-something mile road, and for God's sake, he could have probably killed someone. To me, in my opinion, that's a whole lot worse than shooting up steroids. Listen, at this point, I feel like the WWE just did a UFC with the whole John Jones thing. I don't think any rules should be bent for anyone. There's no exception. And we keep on seeing that both in UFC and WWE. You guys have to literally put your foot down or else this is going to continue. I am sorry. There is no exception to the rules with the fame that you have in the company. You should know better. You are the face of that company, even if you're mid-carter. You are the face of that company. You're representing the WWE, especially at a global scale. People know who the Usos are with the WWE, okay? There's no ifs or buts about it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, that happens to you at work, and wherever the heck you work in the office, and you get caught with a DUI, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to suffer the consequences you know, you're part of that company, and they don't want you to be um, some sort of an obstacle for them. So, yeah, shame on the WWE. At least you should have suspended this guy for a month. It's just not fair the way that they're doing this. Because, again, other wrestlers have done other dumb, stupid things that really don't call for the suspension. And Jimmy Uso gets arrested not only the first, but the second time. And you let him wrestle on TV. And, yes, we were worked by Alexa Bliss. Good job, Alexa. Now, we were just also informed that Major League Wrestling has signed a deal with Noah. Now, if I recall, George, Noah was working with WWE at one point, was he? No, Noah never worked with WWE. I think uh, Noah was working with Impact, I believe. It, it, either way, Noah was working with someone. Uh, I No. I think it was ROH, actually, because Mauro Fuji was in ROH at one time. Kenta was in ROH. So I believe it was ROH. Either way, take it with a grain of salt. I could be wrong. Sometimes we're wrong. I will admit it. Look at what happened with Alexa Bliss. But the whole point is, is that Pro Wrestling Noah is one of those sleeper companies that a lot of people didn't think, oh, Noah, they're like the independents in Japan. Noah actually established a lot of main stars. Marufuji, Kenta, uh, Kenta Kobashi, uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, uh, Jun Akiyama, you know, there, there's a lot of wrestlers that came out of Noah. So don't sleep on these guys, uh, folks. Noah is going to bring some major, major matches over to the United States. And MLW, of course, opening the doors to Noah and vice versa. In fact, uh, we just understand that uh, for the first time, 
uh, Alex uh, Hammerstone will be making a uh, his debut for Noah. So that's good stuff. You know, it, it, it gives us, you know, AEW talks about this whole revolution and all this stuff. But here we're, we're seeing new faces. And it's not that I'm sucking up to MLW, George, but let's be honest here. MLW has, has uh, provided some characters and some wrestlers that we've never even heard of until now, uh, working alongside with the likes of AAA, uh, CMLL, uh, and Noah. So it's great. I think for wrestler, wrestling fans, there has already been an alternative aside from AEW. Because you know what, George? You don't have to depend on a big major company like an AEW. All you have to do is get yourself on YouTube and you have access, or Fight TV or whatever it is, and have access to all these promotions and you can see all these guys and girls you've never heard of that are doing a good job. Again, to me... And with all due respect to AEW, it's just a glorified indie show with a whole lot of money. You never know. Remember, a lot of things started as an idea before they became a success. WWE was an idea by Vince McMahon Jr. And it became a global icon. Same thing for WCW. That was an idea by Ted Turner to run a company against the WWF. And at one time was beating the WWF. MLW the same way. AEW the same way. Do not doubt someone's idea until they fail. Well, let's wait and see. It's going to be interesting uh, when we get to see October 2nd on TV, on TNT. I'm going to tune in. I'm sure a lot of people will tune in. But will that streak continue after that first show? We'll have to wait and see. All right, Nick of Joyous Wolf joins us on the Roman show to talk about their latest EP, Place and Time. And ironically, we're speaking about AEW. Well, Chris Jericho, the front man of Fozzie, gave Joyous Wolf some props for their music. Nick talks about his relationship with Chris Jericho uh, and a whole lot more. So coming up next, Nick of Joyous Wolf on the Roman show. Everyone, welcome back to the Roman Show, uh, and it's a pleasure to have this young man on the program because these guys are just setting the standards when it comes to rock and roll. And I'm talking about Nick of Joyce Wolf, who joins us right now. They just released their debut EP, available for streaming right now, Place and Time. Nick, thanks so much for joining us on the Roman Show, man. Thanks for having me. Well, I, I, I'm loving the EP, loving the songs. You guys are taking it back to that rock and roll stage. I was just listening to it literally just a couple of seconds ago. Um, tell me about the EP, man, Place and Time. I know you've already gone on the road already. What has been the feedback from fans? Nothing but positive. You know, every every review of it has been nothing but, but kind, and and people really seem to love it, you know, and, it, you know, we are... First thing, Quiet Heart's already already almost at 200,000 streams on Spotify, and we've sold tons of discs for it, and it's all been very positive, you know, very very uh, word of mouth and very you know ground up, you know. One song that I uh, I personally like, we were just talking about this just previously previously before the interview, had enough. 
Um, tell me about that song. I, I'm really digging it. In fact, someone on social media pointed that it could be a potential theme song for uh, WWE champion Becky Lynch. Uh, tell me about that song specifically. That, that was, I, I'm telling you, it fits her role. That is her gimmick. That is her thing. I am the man, and you say the man a hundred times the song. It's a it's a pretty I mean, the song uh, the, the song is, is is funny because it's it's a really it's all it's really actually a joke it, it's not really a masculine song you know um I, I it's it's I'm pretty much making fun of people for saying that you know I, I I'm not a big fan of macho men you know so I it's you know I'm, I'm well you should see me sing it live if I really uh play that part out there like, I'm a big strong man you know <laughs> I'm just taking the piss on people you know yeah. and it's funny because a lot of people think I'm serious <laughs> which is not the case at all but really I wrote the song about um about pretty much people where I used to live you know where I, I live sometimes I don't really go there anymore because I'm on tour all the time but over in SoCal uh, there's quite a few uh, people I grew up with who were just a bunch of lughead idiots, you know. Mm. <laughs> so, well, well, tell me about that. that it inspired you. Where, where did you get? Where did you come from? Tell us a little bit about that, because eventually that I'm, motivated you. I'm from you. Orange County, California, and, and there's it's just a, a lot of snobbery and a lot of uh, just a lot of uh, people that are severely into themselves but don't really have any proper reason to be. <laughs> At least in my opinion. <laughs> You know, um, it, it, it's a lot of things come from that. You know, a lot of it, it's really just me being like, uh, like don't don't make me go home. <laughs> I've had enough. I'm good. I'm ready to. I'm ready to experience the rest of the world. You know, I've had enough of these people. I'm ready to. I'm really ready to to move on. <laughs> so, so obviously, uh, your surroundings there motivated you a lot as far as writing into this EP. You would say. I think that song in particular, but I really wrote about things that I think, I think it all kind of, it wasn't like a, a thought, you know, but it all kind of ended up being a, writing about things that were happening now, you know, hence place and time, you know. I wanted to write a record for people in my generation and the generation coming up, you know, I, I wanted a rock record for them. And I think that's going to be my focus for a good while, I think. I want to, I want, I want them to know that there's, there's a, there's a, a, a pushing forward for, for what I do at rock and roll. And I really don't uh, want to write songs about whiskey and girls and, and you know, cars. And <laughs> that, that seems to be the general, you know, topical stuff that a lot of rock bands pick. And I just want to move forward, you know, and I want to, Thank you for that because uh, I understand you're, you're cool with Chris Jericho, the lead man of uh, Fozzie, and I was, it was on yeah, his uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, very cool with it, it, it was on his podcast. He actually, that, uh, spins us on the radio quite a bit on his show on Octane. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that because I remember the last time I heard is uh, the Rock is Jericho uh, on Octane. He had mentioned that he, he basically uh, gave a lot of props to uh, the Struts. Who uh, are, are, have that rock and roll feel, you know, just like you guys. So tell me about that relationship I mean, with you and no, Jericho. I wouldn't say just like us, you know. I think they're more of a glam band, uh -huh. you know. Uh -huh. I think we're more of a straightforward, you know, 
<laughs> so, so tell me about that relationship. How'd you, how'd you guys uh, meet up with you and Jericho? Uh, we went on tour with them uh, last year for a couple months, and uh, I don't know, like uh, him and Rich Rickfazi just uh, really took to me, and I took to them, and I have, I have a lot of respect for, for both of them, and, and to this day, they still check up on me a lot, and you know, we I text, <laughs> we text each other, and and and, and it, he really is a, a lovely person. Both of them, you know, all the guys in Fozzie, but but uh, Chris is like one of my favorite people I think I've ever met. You know, and I was a big fan of him when I was a kid. I was into wrestling. You know, from WWE back when it was WWF. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. And uh, I, this, here's a funny story for you. The first time that I had a real conversation with him, <laughs> he and I were eating fruit at the um, <laughs> at the the backstage food spread, you know, and mm. I turned to him and I was like, this is really weird for me because uh, I used to play as you in the video games, <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which got a laugh out. I think that was a pretty good icebreaker for our entire relationship and, and, and he has a lot of respect for what I do and, and, and I appreciate that and it makes me really happy, you know, that, that, uh, that he sees what I put out, and and and, and he, he did nothing but a cheerleader for us. You know, just the other day he said, "Call us the future of rock," and to me that is a very uh, esteemed compliment. You know, that 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 is awesome. That is awesome. So about the EP, um, this is your debut. Any challenges, or was it a smooth ride? Tell me a little bit about the whole collaboration, how it all came about. I mean, we we really, you know, we worked with Howard Benson, you know. And uh, it, it generally, we, we, we wrote four, no, we wrote five of the seven songs on this uh, EP in like probably two, three weeks. Wow. And then it took us about two weeks to record everything. So we're, we're pretty diligent, you know, we're pretty, pretty simple workers, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we really, um, really knocked it out quite quickly you know there, I can't think of any any challenges really I think I think we were all we all had an idea a very good idea and um, I think this is how we work we, we very we prep really really hard before we actually go in there and track anything what song in particular would you do you particularly like to perform on stage and uh, something that, that hits you home is there anyone particular from the EP uh, that makes me what that 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 cl- hits close to home, or which is the one that you like particularly to perform on stage? Um, I like performing all of them for different reasons. Um, Undesired, we open our sets with which is the last track on the EP, and I feel like that's a very. If you wanted, if you wanted to show someone what Joyce Wolf is, I feel like that's the most uh, personality of our personality in a track on the EP. Um, I really like playing set too much. Live, it's a lot more. Uh, amplified, a bit more rough, a bit more suggestive, and that's how I like it, you know. And uh, uh, the song Chivalo is always fun. Again, I, I really do enjoy playing all the songs for different reasons, you know. Well, you'll be on the road uh, all the way to the end of August for a summer tour. And, be- and beyond. And, and beyond. beyond. Okay, I know you're gonna hit up Canada, your Canada, and then obviously the United States. So beyond. So we we're, we have some dates already, or. We have some areas we're going to visit in the fall. Uh, you want to share with? Not set in stone yet, but there will be 
more touring, a lot more touring this year. I'm not going to have any real break. <laughs> I think I get one week off in August, and then I'll be back at it until the end of the year. Well, I didn't see any Florida dates there, so please make sure you pencil pencil us in somewhere somehow. Man, we were just <laughs> we were just there twice in a row, man. You missed out. Nah, yeah. man, thanks. Oh, well, we, played, I, we played Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, Coral. We played uh, Pensacola. We played. We, you missed out, man. We were there. You got to come back to Fort Lauderdale. We have a, a nice little venue here. Yeah. We were everywhere, man. Oh, well, make sure you come back here in the fall. We'd love to have you, Nick. I appreciate your time. We'll come back in September, so you'll see us then. Awesome, awesome. And to make sure that uh, everybody be aware. And again, thanks so much, Nick, for your time. And again, the EP Place and Time is available right now for streaming. Look forward to seeing you in live here in South Florida. And of course, they'll be coming to a city near you. Joyous Wolf. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Nick. Thank you, thank you. Uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world, welcome to The Showdown. All right, George, we're back again here to talk a little bit of mixed martial arts. George, Jack Hager, formerly known as uh, Jack Swagger, Bobby Lashley, heck, even... Brock Lesnar have made that jump from pro wrestling to becoming a mixed martial artist. And I guess we could include in there CM Punk, right? Although he didn't have a very uh, lucrative or, 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 or successful career in a mixed martial arts. But there's one man who wants to make that, that challenge for himself. And that's Davy Boy Smith Jr. He wants to compete in Bellator. Now I've met Bellator, uh, Davy Boy Smith. He's a big dude. I don't know his training background, though, and I don't know if he's uh, trained in any form of martial arts. I, I, I really can't. Uh, but uh, here we go again. Bellator picking up uh, pro wrestlers, uh, guys that have been in the UFC, that are losing records. But there we go again. Bellator MMA trying to get that wow factor. And we don't have to go too far because when Kimbo Slice took Andada 5,000, where uh, Dada 5000, a good friend. In fact, I, you know, I was actually speaking to him the other day. He said he died twice inside the cage. Uh, but George Davy Boy Smith Jr. inside an MMA fight, would you watch that? To be quite honest with you, no. Because Davy Boy Smith Jr., great wrestler, mind you, inside the ring, great entertainer, has an amazing resume in the wrestling world. But he's not a draw like a Lesnar. He's not a draw like a Batista was. He's not a draw like Lashley. He's not a draw like Punk. Harry Smith, I I would say, will make great in, in the MMA world. Maybe he'll surprise us all. But if you ask me, would he grab a lot of fans' attention? I don't think so. Sorry. Huh. We're going to have to wait and see for that. But I would love, I would love to, 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 to see if we'll get him on here on the show. love to get his... His background, where he gets his background from, apparently he's been training with Josh Barnett, a former UFC champion, uh, and also a shoot wrestler, which by the way, Josh Barnett was going to be taking on John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, in a blood sport type of wrestling match. That should be pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, they just announced it uh, this past week, I believe it was. So, uh, that's going to be very interesting, uh, especially being Moxley's first uh, blood sport type match. So... Th- I, I, that I look forward to. Yeah, it's going to be catch wrestling, which is great stuff, something that you know we don't see often here in the United States. 
Uh, oh, there, Max Holloway defended his title successfully against the, uh, I would go ahead and say, uh, the future Hall of Famer, Frankie Edgar. Uh, and, and it was expected. Max Holloway was going to defeat Frankie Edgar in a very easily way, in my opinion. But nonetheless, Frankie Edgar, now 37, he walked out with uh, with his head up. But many, many wanted to see him win the title just one more time because it seems now that this might be potentially the last time that he will get a title shot as he is getting closer to 40 years old. And then Cyborg, Chris Cyborg, defeated um, her opponent this past weekend and now gets that opportunity to fight Amanda Nunes for the 145-pound championship. But Cyborg has a little rocky relationship with the UFC boss, and that's Dana White, stating that Dana White has been bullying her. So... They have to agree on some type of to- some sort of terms uh, because it doesn't seem like Cyborg has signed a contract for a couple of more fights with the UFC. Nonetheless, Nunes wants this fight, so Nunes will vouch for Cyborg to stay uh, and get this fight done again. I see Amanda Nunes winning once again with those sharp hands. And, I mean, let's just face it. You know, she's that damn good. She's a two-divisional champion for a damn reason. Amanda Nunes is a freaking badass, and I put my money on it that she will defeat Cyborg once again in a very easy, easily fashion. That's just my opinion. Uh, but again, you can go ahead and debate that. Just send us an email, info at theromanshow.com, or send us a tweet, at the Roman Show. Well, George, that's pretty much wraps it up. Again, uh, counting down, you know, November is just pretty around the corner when you really think about it. But SCW making its return November 16th. All right, guys, with that being said, we'll catch you next week. We're here at the Roman Show. You haven't on, you haven't heard it. Pass that margarita, would you, George? Oh, there you go.